Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. This episode of Law Enforcement Today brought to you by Galls.com. We're thrilled to have them on board, sponsoring episodes of our podcast and radio show, sponsoring our app. And they've been in business for 50 years, 50 years serving first responders and law enforcement community. They're industry leaders. They've got a huge online catalog, everything you could ever want. Galls.com. Check them out. Their catalog is spectacular. Everything from like a retired guy like me to active guy like Robert, men, women, they've got everything you could ever need between tactical gear, clothing, footwear, everything. Also be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Joining us from the Fort Worth, Texas area, we have police officer Matt Pierce from the Fort Worth Police Department. I asked Matt beforehand if I could say that because a lot of agencies don't want or don't allow their officers to speak to the media, but Fort Worth Police Department said A-OK. Matt, thanks so much for joining us, man. Hey, not a problem. I'm glad I get to talk to y'all. And you were referred to me by one of our very first interviews we did, Houston Gas. Great guy. Him and his wife, Jessica, did an interview with us for a long time ago. Folks, if you've never heard the interview with Houston Gas, he survived a shotgun blast through the face and uh, just an exceptional man, an incredible story of, of courageous recovery and what he and his wife went through. Check it out. Past episodes of Law Enforcement Today show can be found on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And uh, just scroll back and you'll find it. By the way, Houston said to me, you got to interview Matt Pierce. He said he's a beast. Well, I think that's a little aggressive. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just a guy that's probably a little too stubborn to die. We'll that's that. that's a, a really, really good thing. I, I got to say this. I read some articles about what you went through. Uh, we're going to have you talk about it in whatever detail you want to. I believe the term people use is your live day was uh, – Actually, it was just not that long ago, March 15th, and it was a couple of years ago this incident occurred. Yeah, March 15, 2016 was the day I was injured at work, yeah. Injured at work is an understatement. Um, <laughs> let's, let's just say this. You were shot multiple times. You had severe life-threatening injuries. You had a very, very minimal chance of survival from the doctors at the time, and yet you are here alive to tell us about it, and on top of that, you're back to work as a full-time, full-duty police officer. That's that's an amazing story. Yeah, you know, it's it's <clears throat> this is kind of my my, I guess, winning if you, if you want to call it that. Um, I, I was, I think I was more upset and more angry about what happened uh, than I was afraid or anything like that. I always tell people I was never afraid to die that day. Um, I was I was just more angry uh, at anything else, and that I was not going to allow some person to take me off this, the face of this earth unless it was God. And that wasn't going to work for me. I hear you. I, and I'm very fortunate in my police career. I was never shot. I've been, 
I jokingly say seven have tried, I'm still alive, but every time I wound up getting very angry, uh, almost in a, a primordial sort of way, I think a survival thing. It's like, why Why would this person think they'd have a right to even try to kill me? I mean, not that I'm a big bad guy. It's just like, you don't even know me, and you're trying to you take me out. I don't get it. It doesn't yeah, work in my mind. You, you know, the day, the day I was the day I was shot, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with the fact that I got into a shootout with some guy. I don't take issue with that. I, I knew what I was getting into the day that I signed up to come to this job. Um, and this isn't my first stint in civil service. I started off as a firefighter EMT, did that for a number of years, and then I came to the police side of things. Uh, I think what really made me the most angry was the last time he shot me. Uh, he basically walked over the top of my body, put a gun to my head, and intentionally tried to execute me. Now, okay, if you were going to get into a you know a shootout with me and then you were going to run away because you're trying to get away from me, great. But this was an absolute 100% attempt to murder me. That's hard to hear. I, I can't even begin to imagine what it was like to go through. Let, let's take the story from start, you know. Okay. The media loves to go into what happened last. Well, there's a start, a uh, middle, and an end. What led up to this whole series of events? Well, I was actually just working my regular patrol job that day. Um, I was out helping a buddy of mine who's in narcotics knock down some cars coming out of a high drug area. And I um, heard a, a, a dispatch come over the radio saying, hey, we've got a pursuit going. And ironically enough, it was literally headed right at me, right at the intersection I was sitting in. So natural instinct for anyone who's been a law enforcement officer is, hey, I'm going to get a piece of that. So I went out there with the anticipation of, oh, I'm going to throw some stop sticks. This pursuit's going to be over, and then we'll take the bad guy into custody. It'll just be another day on the job. Well, (laughs) that didn't quite work that direction. The individual ended up driving around my stop sticks in oncoming traffic, which led to a pursuit out to far west Fort Worth, which is where I've worked uh, my entire career. I, I did about eight years in patrol on the far west side of Fort Worth, and uh, he found a gravel driveway to drive up into. I don't think he really anticipated it coming to a dead end at a house, but it did. Uh, and that's when the he bailed out of the car, and a foot pursuit ensued. Now, when I say I was chasing him in a foot pursuit, mind you, I'm running through mesquite bushes that are so thick you can barely trudge through them, let alone run through them, but I'm giving it my best. Come up to a barbed wire fence. He jumps the fence. He kind of does one of those belly rolls where he puts his stomach on the barbed wire fence and rolls over the top of it. Well, I can't do that clearly because I have a belt full of gear. Right. If I tried doing that, tangled. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna end up hanging upside down from this barbed wire fence, and then I'm really gonna be in trouble. So you'll see in the video, mind you, I had a body camera on through this whole thing. There's um, there's body the camera. There, excuse me. There's there's body camera footage of this. There's abs- yes, there absolutely is, and it's out there. I, uh, I've for, never for, seen for it, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think I ever want to see it. I don't, I don't, so, I can't watch those things anymore. Yeah, there is, there is body camera footage. So you see, you'll see me. I start to analyze the fence. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the easiest way to get through this fence? Do I go over it? Do I go through it? Can I, can I crawl under it? I find the closest fence post, and I just start climbing, and I get halfway over the fence, and as I'm going to bring my last leg over the fence, I caught the top of the fence with my the heel of my boot, and that kind of just flipped me off the top of the fence, and I fell onto the ground. Well, about that time, I looked up to see where I had last seen the gentleman I was chasing, and he stands up out of the, the shrubs and just 
levels off on me with a gun and just starts letting me have it. Probably fired at me. I think he fired at me seven or eight times before I could ever get my gun out of my holster. And uh, by that point, I had a broken femur, and I'd already been hit twice. So I'm fighting through the pain of a broken femur. And when I tell you a broken femur, I've broken a lot of bones throughout my life. I've dealt with a lot of people that have suffered, you know, broken bones, and especially femurs. There is no pain in this world that I can describe to you that would be equivalent to that. Maybe childbirth. I don't know because I've never been through that. However, I had to fight through that pain, pull my gun out of my holster, and return fire. So I started returning fire, got 10 rounds off, and uh, all of a sudden the shooting stopped. And I thought, oh, great. And the only thing I was thinking the whole time this was going on is stop shooting me, stop shooting me. And it stopped. So I was like, okay, we're good. I, I think I got it. The, the, the threat's been handled. So I started kind of trying to go through a systems check to figure out what was wrong with me. All I knew is my leg was busted. Didn't know where. I didn't know it was the femur at the time. But I was in excruciating pain. And so I'm trying to figure out, well, how am I going to reload my gun? I'm trying to keep my prop myself up on my other hand to keep myself from kind of rolling back down this hill. Because you didn't know where the guy was at that point, did you? No, I had a general idea, but I, he, he dropped back down into the bushes. And, you know, we were in grass and mesquite bushes that were probably, you know, four or five feet tall. So even, and mind you, we were within five to seven yards of each other, and I still couldn't see him. So about the time I figure out how I'm going to reload my gun, I go to do it. He pops up out of the weeds again. He had reloaded his gun. He starts shooting at me all over again. And uh, two rounds entered my shoulder. One went out my back, and the other one came across into my chest um, and ended up lodging in my liver. Um, well, it, when I tell people it was like a movie, it was like someone walked up to me and just pushed me with their two hands backwards as hard as they could, so I fell over backwards down the hill on my face. So I'm laying face first in a mesquite bush. Not a big deal, but anybody who's from Texas knows that these mesquite bushes grow thorns on them that can be anywhere from half an inch long up to four inches long on them. And, I mean, they're they're brutal. So I'm laying face down in this bush, and I'm thinking, oh, great, what am I going to do? I'm at a huge tactical disadvantage. I don't know where my bad guy is. Um, what, what do I do next? So my first thought was, well, I'm going to try and trick him, and I'm going to play dead. We'll see if that works. Well, needless to say, that did not work very well. He walked up to me, and you can see it in the camera, my body camera footage. You see a shadow come over the top of me, and he puts a gun to my head, and he pulls the trigger, and it sounded like a cannon went off in my ear. And it, at that same time, it also felt like somebody just sucker punched me in the stomach as hard as they possibly could, and it uh, it took the wind out of me. And I think that's when I knew, you know, oh God, you know, I'm I'm pretty hurt. What am I going to do? I'm I'm out here in the middle of nowhere by myself. No one was with me. All they could hear was the ex, you know, exchanging of gunfire. So they're coming this way, but all of a sudden, I hear somebody say, good shot, how many more of them do you think there are? And I am just This terrified. is the bad guy talking. I thought it was. Come to find out, it wasn't. It was two officers talking to each other because they had engaged the bad guy and shot and killed him. And you didn't even know they were there? Had no clue. Not, not a clue. Um we got to stop right here. we got to take a break. We're talking with Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department, survivor of horrific injuries in a gun battle. And uh, I'm riveted to the edge of my seat. Uh, we're going to take a short break. 
We'll be right back. This is Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Calls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is June 15th through 17th at beautiful Lake George, New York. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a perfect relaxing getaway for law enforcement officers, active, retired, and their families. Get more information about events and activities online at leoweekend.com. Enter the code LET18 at checkout for special discounts. That's LET18 at checkout on leoweekend.com. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread, payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychecks payroll specialist. And you're done! Learn more at trypaychecks.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-375-3164. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now, 877-375-3164. That's 877-375-3164. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 Welcome back to Law Enforcement Today. Joining us, Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department, a police officer. Two years ago, Matt, you were severely, critically injured in a, a gunfight and, for lack of better words, an assassination attempt. And when we left off, you're saying you heard 
people talking about I, good shot, how many others are out there, and it turns out they were backup police. Yeah, you know, initially I thought that was the bad guy talking to his son because the son was in the car with him at the time that everybody bailed out of it. So I thought that was the bad guy talking to his son, and I thought, oh, no, they're going to go find more officers to kill. And so I'm just, I'm terrified. I, I didn't know, I couldn't do anything because I, at the time I didn't know it, but the, the bullet that he shot me in the face with, as he, as he pulled the trigger, I kind of flinched and tucked my, my uh, chin into my chest which caused the bullet to travel down my face instead of go through my head. It ended up breaking my jaw, uh, did some damage to my aorta, and then landed in my left lung. So I couldn't breathe. Um, it was, that was probably the moment where I was, I wouldn't say scared, but I knew that things were not good and I needed to get out quick or I was going to die. So I hear this conversation go on, and then all of a sudden they're challenging me in the bushes. They're saying, show me your hands, show me your hands. I didn't find out till later on down the road. All they could see of me was one pant leg and a boot. They couldn't see my body. They had no clue who I was. They thought I was the bad guy. So I'm laying on the ground trying to, you know, trying to yell blue as, as much as I can. And for anyone who's been in law enforcement knows that when, when another officer yells blue, you're basically identifying yourself to that other officer as a friendly. Right. You know, don't shoot me. Well, they couldn't hear me because they're too busy yelling at me. I can't hardly breathe. I can hardly talk. So I'm not getting words out very well. And then after probably, it probably was only about 30 seconds of challenging, they finally realized that, oh, well, goodness, you know, this is a this is a down police officer. And that's when kind of the rescue process starts. Um, I remember them at, you know, telling them in my video, they say, you know, where are you shot? And my response was everywhere. I'm shot everywhere. And, and I say that for a number of reasons. Is I truly didn't know where I was shot for the most part. And two, my mind was not in the right spot at that time. I was kind of gone into survival mode. So they start peeling all my gear off of me, and all of a sudden my, my partner, one of my old partners shows up, and she, I know she's a, uh, she was a combat medic in the Army. She, uh, Thank God. She and, I were, yeah, she and I were both on our tactical medic unit at one point together before it got uh, disbanded. And so I knew that with her being there that I was going to get out of there, I was going to get out of there alive, and it was going to happen quick. So she started bandaging me up, you know, tourniquets, chest seals, trying to make arrangements to get me evac out. Well, the, they brought a Tahoe down to me to put me in the – and they threw me in the back of this Tahoe, and they were going to drive me out and, and take – you know, run me to the hospital real fast. Well – uh, we had had a bunch of rain, and it was it was very very muddy, and we sunk that Tahoe up over the axles in mud. So now we're just sitting there in the back of a Tahoe, stuck in the middle of a field. You know, what are we going to do? Well, luckily, Care Flight, which is our local uh, air ambulance, happened to be flying through the area. They had launched them in our direction because this pursuit had taken so long that uh, they kind of landed in the middle of a hot zone. We had to form a perimeter up around the helicopter to make sure that uh, the sun wasn't going to come out shooting at the helicopter at other officers or what, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And they loaded me up and took me out. I think I laid in the field from the time I got shot to the time I lifted off. I think it was in the field for uh, a total of 29 minutes. Wow. Got flown to our local trauma, our local trauma hospital here, John Peter Smith hospital, where I spent almost two weeks in a medically induced coma. Spent a total of, I think it was five weeks in the ICU, uh, another two weeks in a step-down unit, and then another three weeks in a uh, inpatient uh, physical um, 
a rehab facility, trying to repair that that damaged um, femur that I had. Because when I say it broke, it didn't just break it. It literally blew it into a million different pieces from that round impacting my leg. So I'm sure you've got uh, lots of metal in there, sleeves, pins. Yes, I have a, you know, I have a metal rod from my hip to my knee now. I've got a, a metal plate in my jaw where uh, that bullet broke my, broke my jaw. And I've got, you know, I've got a little bit of shrapnel, no bullets or anything like that. But I had to, I was non-weight bearing on my right leg for almost five months. So I had to relearn how to walk on my right leg again. How but, long from start to finish were you like inpatient hospitalization? Because I know there was months and months of physical therapy afterwards. Yes. So I was actually in a, inpatient. I was in a hospital setting for about two months, a little over two months. Then I went home and started working on all the rehab. I was going to rehab two, three times a day, or excuse me, a week. Uh, so two or three times a week I was going to rehab at the police academy at first, and then I started going to like an inpatient, or excuse me, an outpatient facility where I was doing extensive rehab to try and rebuild the strength in my leg. Suffered a lot of nerve damage in my right hand from the bullets passing into my armpit. So there was a lot of deficit there as well. So basically my entire right side of my body was, was littered with holes and and some neurological deficits. Sir. So you were shot five times and had a total of seven severe wounds. Yeah, so I was I was actually shot a total of six times. Six? I found a uh, I found a round in my handcuff case oh. on my back when I got all my gear back um, that we had missed somehow. It lodged in my handcuff case. So, but you know, it didn't enter my body at all. So I think I was a, a shot a total of. Entering my body, I shot a total of five times, and I had, I think, ten different holes from entrances and exits. This is so hard to comprehend and visualize. Uh, you know, I was years at Baltimore police, saw the violence. No m- brothers and sisters were shot. Some that didn't make it. Plenty who did. And I still can't begin to comprehend what it was like for you to go through that and what it was like you know, to go through the process of recovering from that as well as are you a married recovery guy with process, kids? Oh yeah. I, I, at the time I had a, uh, yeah, I had a three-year-old, um, cause I was still in a coma on her birthday uh, when she turned three and I had a one and a half year old, uh, little girls at home. So that was really my motivation when I'm laying in a field bleeding to death and suffocating was, I told myself over and over again, I will not die. I refuse to die. I've got a, I've got a wife to go home to that I got to take care of. I've got kids I have to take care of. They're not growing up without a dad, and that was kind of my motivation, along with a lot of anger, was that I, I you're not, you're not going to take me out of this world. There's only one person in this world that takes me out of this world, and that's God. I hear you, man. And We're- not, not this guy. I'm so glad that you had that mindset, uh, folks. We are talking with Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department. Fort Worth, Texas, survived a brutal, violent shootout, multiple injuries, a very, very long road to recovery, and he's now back to work. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Promise you, you don't want to go anywhere. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. 
Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. (laughs) Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov slash alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Back to law enforcement today. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department. Matt, first of all, I got to tell you, I'm so glad you're here. A, that you lived through this. B, that you're here to tell the story. Because what happens so often, I say this all the time, we hear in the news media when an officer's been shot, what they usually say is, the good news is uh, they'll survive. Or the good news is that their injuries were, were not life-threatening. And we never hear anything ever again about what that officer and her family went through. You have been through the most unimaginable injuries for me to imagine. I can't I can't do that. The recovery process has been has to be all that I can describe it as courageous at, at at the very least. There's no other words I can come up with. It took you what, almost two years to get back to full duty? Yeah, it took me exactly twenty months to go back to uh, I think I was released back to full duty on November thirteenth of uh, last year uh, to finally go back to work. Now, I, I, in my opinion, the recovery part was was way worse than the whole getting shot part. It's so frustrating when your mind is functioning properly, but your body is not functioning properly. Because all you want, you want nothing more than to go back to work. And that, for me, psychologically, was, was a bigger uh, hill to climb than anything else. Because I just wanted to go back to work. Um, I think... When I initially was brought to the hospital, I think the doctors gave me a 15% chance to live. Um, I remember uh, hearing a story that the mayor told here in Fort Worth, Mayor Betsy Price. She was When she was called and told about the incident, she was basically told she may want to come to the hospital because uh, that I was going to die, that uh, they weren't sure what they were going to do with me. Um, I was reading just recently in the uh, notes from some of the doctor's reports that they treated me for cardiac arrest three times while I was in the operating room lost a, just a, just a massive amount of blood um but i'm you know luckily i'm still here to talk about it i'm still here to you know i got to enjoy my daughter's fifth birthday last night so you know there's a lot to live for right now that's an understatement did, did your daughters are they, are they very young when this happened do they understand or comprehend how close they came to not having their dad anymore no, I think they were too young to understand that. My my oldest is the only one that's ever made mention of anything. Um, my face wound took probably the longest to heal just because of the damage it had done to my face. So I had to wear like a bandage on it for almost 10 months. And she still talks about it. Actually, she just mentioned it to me last night when we were getting ready for bed. And I and I asked her, I said, do you, do you remember why Daddy had to wear that, that Band-Aid on his face? 
And uh, she says, yeah, because you got hurt at work. And that, that's kind of where we left it. I didn't, I didn't allow them to come up and see me at the, in the ICU because I didn't want them to see me with all the, you know, the tubes and the needles and the, I mean, it, it was ugly. I just didn't want them to see me in that condition. I, I get that. So I didn't, you know, they didn't get to see me for over a month. It was well over a month. I didn't see them at all. And how um, about your wife? How has she done with this? You know, she's probably one of the strongest people I know. I'm very lucky for a number of reasons, not only because it was her, but, you know, she's a nurse here. She's a local, she's a pediatric nurse here at the local uh, pediatric facility in Fort Worth. And I think it made it a lot easier because she understood what was going on. It wasn't a lot of, well, I don't understand what they're saying. What, what could happen next? What do we do? Being in the medical world, she understands that kind of stuff. So she knows what the next steps are. And if a doctor, you know, gives her a medical term, um, she knows how to, she knows what that means. So she doesn't have to try and, you know, kind of Google it and be like, okay, well, what does that mean? I won't say it was easy for her. <laughs> I'm sure it was very stressful, you know, with me laying up in a bed, not knowing if I'm going to live for a couple of weeks. Cause I was, I mean, I had a breathing tube in my, in my uh, mouth for over 10 days and that's, fairly uncommon for them to allow you to have a, uh, a trach tube for that long. One of these days when she is willing, if she's willing, please pass on an invitation to her that she's welcome to come on the show and, and sure tell her story. That's another aspect of these stories that we, we almost never get to hear about. And I don't understand the reasons why, but uh, the spouses of officers who have been severely injured in line of duty or killed in line of duty are, are some of the bravest most resourceful, strongest people I have ever, ever met. And uh, there's a lot of inspiration to be taken from their stories. And we don't do this job by ourselves. we got to have the support of our family. We just can't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely we have to because we work weird hours. We never know. You know, a normal shift is never a normal shift. We never know if we're getting off on time just because you never know what's coming next. And luckily, with her working shift work, she kind of understands that. She's in the same boat sometimes. But it, it does. It, you know, we, I was blessed to work for a great agency who did nothing but take care of everything I couldn't take care of while I was incapacitated, uh, taking care of my family, taking care of, I mean, mowing my yard, you know, putting up a fence at my mom's house that I was supposed to be putting up the next week. You know, little stuff like that that carried a lot of weight. Please tell them on behalf of us at Law Enforcement Day, we said thank you very much because that's not always the case. Absolutely, absolutely. I will let you know. I mean, if later on, if you're perusing, if you if you go to like if you go to YouTube and just type in Officer Matt Pierce, um, you'll get a the first hit that should come up. It's about a 30 minute video. It's a video that the uh, Fourth Police Department Public Information Office put out, and it's got it, it t- it's got me telling my story. It's got my wife telling her side of the story. It's got my partner Brandy telling her side of the story. Um, the doctors that treated me the day I came in got a lot of my dash camera footage and my body camera footage they really did a really good job of of kind of telling that story and and i felt it was important to get out there just to encourage people that you know we face the worst of the worst and that even in a situation where we're the odds are stacked against us and we're not supposed to live you know what we're going to fight to the day we die um i teach a class here in Fort Worth, it's a, called a tactical lifesaver class where we teach first aid and buddy aid to all of our officers uh, who are currently in the department and are in recruit classes that are coming into the department. 
And uh, there's an officer on there. His name is, is uh, Deputy Jared Reston uh, from the Jacksonville County Sheriff's Office. And he makes a comment in, one, in his video of an encounter that he had with a gentleman that tried to kill him where he says, you know, if I would have died that day, I'd have never known the difference because I was going to breathe my last breath fighting back. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I felt was that you're not going to kill me. I will fight until I just absolutely my body will not function anymore. And that's one of the things that I was taught very early on. And it's not easy to describe to someone who hasn't been there, whether they be a military combat veteran, a police officer, a law enforcement officer, that that you got to have the mindset that you're going to stay in the fight. You're going to stay in it until you have no other options left, that you're just not going to give up. Yeah, we call it the warrior's mindset. You have to have the warrior's mindset to do this job because a majority of police officers, they retire after 30, 25, 30 years. And they've never had to shoot their gun, get shot at, whatever the case may be. I didn't anticipate it was going to happen to me so early, eight years into my career, because I've got 16 years left that I have to, to work. And, you know, my life has changed to a, to a certain extent, but I'm back at work. I'm, you know, I'm still out answering calls, doing everything I was the day before I got shot. But, you know, I'm a little more vigilant. I do things a little differently now you realize how lackadaisical you can get and how complacent you can. And I think that uh, right now it's just, it's even more, weighs even more heavy on my mind than it ever has before. Cause there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about, you know, facing that, that gentleman face to face in that field and, you know, watching the bullets come flying out of that gun at me. I think about it a lot. I couldn't imagine being able to to get away from that line of thinking. We are talking with Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, Matt is uh, a survivor, a warrior, uh, a, a source of inspiration for us. We have to take a quick break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Day. I promise you, we'll be right back. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now, you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit? 
low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 3ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.the3ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 3ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is June 15th through 17th at beautiful Lake George, New York. The second annual Law Enforcement Officers Weekend is a perfect relaxing getaway for law enforcement officers, active, retired, and their families. Get more information about events and activities online at leoweekend.com. Enter the code LET18 at checkout for special discounts. That's LET18 at checkout on leoweekend.com. Welcome back to the studios. I'm John J. Wiley. Joining us, special guest, Matt Pierce, Fort Worth Police Department. Uh, Matt, uh, yet again, I'm so glad you're here. and so glad you're telling your story. And it's quite the inspiration for people. First of all, there are officers out there across the United States that have suffered severe injuries like yourself. And they often feel like no one can tell their story and you are telling yours. So I, I want to thank you for doing that because I'm, I'm sure it can't be comfortable for you. One of the things that absolutely amazes me is this occurred two years ago, March 15th. You you almost died. Maybe three times you coded. And the odds of you surviving were slim. And yet you were determined to get back to the job of policing in Fort Worth. How, how long have you been back to active duty? I'm back on November 13th of last year. So I've been back oh, about five months now. So many people would have said, I, I can't do this anymore. What yeah. made you pursue, I, I got to get back to this? Well, I've, I've worked other jobs throughout my career. Like I said, I started off in the in the civil service realm when I was 20 years old. Um, I did my time as a firefighter EMT, and I absolutely loved everything about civil service. Uh, when I moved here to Texas, I got into policing and you know, I did some odd jobs here and there in between, and I there was just nothing that I loved to do more than anything. But I loved going out and, you know, being a cop. I loved being a cop, and I was going to do everything within my power to get back to doing it. Because to me, not going back would have been sort of a loss. I would have been it would have been a loss to me personally. That would have been a defeat. And I am very competitive. You can ask my wife. It gets me in trouble, and uh, I just I, I'm not going to be beat. You're not going to. Yeah, you changed my. This guy changed my life to to some degree, but I'm not going to let it define who I am and and leave me on the sidelines for the rest of my lifetime because I would be I'd be devastated. I'm sure that since you've been back to full duty, you have young officers that were maybe not on a job yet. Did they hear what you've been through, and are they like? This sounds weird. Are they impressed? Are, does it make a dent on them? Do they realize what could be happening to them at the drop of a hat? 
You know, they they do use my story in training quite a bit. Uh, I always tell everybody that my shooting was almost like a perfect storm of what could go wrong kind of scenario, and they use it a lot. Whether they're impressed or not, I don't know. I've never really asked that specific question. I think, that's and that's a weird way of saying it. I mean, impresses that does it? Because when I was young, I, I felt bulletproof, like nothing would happen to me, and I didn't really appreciate what some of the older officers have been through. I think it brings a different level of respect that I get from them, knowing what I've been through. Uh, you know, when they're they're out there getting run into the ground and and going through some some physical stuff that's making them wonder, Hey, you know, why am I here? I think that when they can look at me and say, Hey, you know what, if all they're doing is making me do a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups, and this guy, you know, got shot and almost died. I think I'll be okay. More of an inspiration that says, Hey, this guy's here. This officer's here. He's doing what he did after being shot five times. You think you think you can't do one more push-up? Come on. Yeah. You feel a reality here. Yeah. You know? So I, I know that they use it a lot. I, I go in and address every academy class that comes through, and I kind of share with them, you know, hey, we have a section in through our, our training academy where it's close quarters combat survival training where we, we kind of try and simulate the, the fight for your life as best we can where, with, um, you know, some boxing and some, you know, grappling or ground rolling and, you know, just try and get them to understand you can never give up. And even when you are you think you're just absolutely beat and your gas tank is empty, there's always a little bit left over. There is. And it's, I, I'd never heard it put the warrior mentality or warrior mindset, but that's absolutely the best way I can think of describe it. I remember in one of my really life threatening situations where the thought came to me that this guy was trying to murder me and you know, I'm going to die, but it's not going to be tonight. It's not going to be because of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not letting, I'm not letting the criminal element take me out. I will not let that happen. Um, if it's going to go either on my terms or, like I said, or it's going to be God's terms, but it will not be because of the criminal element. Yeah, I will no, not allow that to happen. And I, I understand 100%, and it's not like I, I was thinking I was indestructible. It wasn't that at yeah. all. It's like I'm not going to go down without a fight. I'm not going to say I'm not going to lose because I've lost some battles, but – you know, I'm mm-hmm. still here, and, and you 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 hang in there long enough. The backup can get there. That's what you do. Uh, Absolutely, and, and stay in the fight. And the mentality, the mindset's got to be that you're not going to give up. And I think that brings up another big conversation that needs to be had. Maybe not so much in your case, but there are a lot of police officers out there, law enforcement officers, deputies, state, federal that are battling. PTSD that are battling depression, substance abuse that goes along with that, and, and all the things that can come that's a very negative after being in horrific situations. And that mindset, that I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to quit this fight, has got to apply there as well. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I've been real lucky. I, I had a really good grip on what I was getting into before all, all this happened. I had prepared myself mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, for, for what could happen. And I've been very lucky. I've, I've never lost sleep over this whole thing uh, due to nightmares or anything like that. Now, I've what if the heck out of myself mm-hmm. um, playing the what if game. But I don't know that there's an officer out there that wouldn't do it. You know, because I think there's always something we can do better. Yeah. Um, so I, I did do that a lot. I what if myself 
into some pretty good anxiety attacks when I was in the hospital. Um, but since I've been out, I knew I had a job to do. Uh, my biggest fear while chasing this guy was that he may try and run into this house of these people out in the middle of nowhere and try and take them hostage. And now, now we've got a whole different issue because my job is to protect the public from the bad guys. I'm not chasing the bad guys into their houses or anything like that. That if I didn't chase after him, what, what was he capable of? You know, he may get me, but if he, he could get multiples, and I'd rather limit it to the bare minimum damage if I can. And that's heroic in and of itself right there. And that's – this is something I don't want to bring up. I, I hate talking about the bad guys. Just very briefly, what happened to him? He's dead. He uh, he was engaged by uh, one of our – our sergeants and one of our special response team, who's he's now a lieutenant. Um, he was engaged by him probably uh, just about 30 feet from my body. Uh, he, he was shot and killed. And you said his son was with him as well. His son was with him at the time. Uh, they ran in opposite directions. So his son was nowhere near where we ended up, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, that we didn't find. I don't think they found him till about four and a half hours later. They, they had to do a giant manhunt through this field, uh, and they found him laid up in some bushes, uh, covered in leaves, trying to hide and camouflage himself from us. And what were they originally up to? The, the what, what prompted the pursuit? The radio traffic initially was that he was he had a felony warrant for robbery. Um, he had multiple felony warrants for very violent crimes. Is, is what it was what happened and one of the uh fugitive task force out of the county next stars had been tracking him that's when they called us to make a traffic stop on that car since we're in marked units so let me guess another career criminal that was released from prison that probably should have been incarcerated for a lot longer was allowed to walk the streets and this is what he did oh absolutely he flat out told his mother at the time i will not go back to prison i will get i will shoot it out with the police and he absolutely did it. I'm glad you survived. I, I really, again, want to extend an invitation to your wife to come on the show and talk about it. That's a story I think that people really need to hear. And I also think that, that people really need to understand, and it, it, for lack of better words, try to understand that 95, 98% of this job is routine. You go from boredom to a fight for your life, literally, within moments. I mean, it can change totally, and it's unpredicted and unexpected. And no matter what amount of training you do, you can't plan for every possible scenario. No, it's impossible. Um, I went from eating a late breakfast with one of my old partners to laid up in an ICU bed in about two hours. Well, I'm glad you're here to talk about it. Congratulations for returning to work. I'm sure you are an inspiration for uh, not just the Fort Worth Police Department officers, uh, but also retirees like me, others in the area, and for anyone listening to the show. Matt Pierce, thanks so much for joining us, man. I do appreciate it very much. Not a problem. If you get a chance, get to go go watch that video. They did a really good job of putting that out there, and I think it really gives a a, a very good perspective as to kind of what happened that day. And that's Matt. Last name spelled P E A R C E. Correct. Yes, sir. If you go, you can go on to the uh, Fort Worth Police Department uh, Facebook page. You'll find it there. Or if you want to 
get on YouTube and type in Officer Matt Pierce. It should be the first video that pops up. Again, thanks so very much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We feature police officers, law enforcement officers, active, retired, spouses, family members, and supporters talking about their experiences from their point of view. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest but you know doesn't want to say, uh, I don't want to seek attention myself, we'd love to hear from them. And we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. They, don't, they could be anywhere. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Oregon, doesn't matter. We can uh, record them here at our studios. Yeah. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the Contact Us tab. Send an email to me, j at lawenforcementtoday.com. Message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff, too. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya.